Would you please turn with me to your study outlines, and as you're turning, let me welcome those of you that are joining us online, as well as our friends at First Baptist Church in Arco, Idaho, and also our friends at Purpose Church in Kalispell, Montana. We are so glad that you're joining us today for our study of God's Word. And we are doing a series on the life of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, called Fulfilling Your Part in God's Story. And everybody has a part to play in God's story. And all the parts are equally important. Uh, The analogy we're using in Nehemiah is he's restoring the wall around Jerusalem, which really would restore the city of Jerusalem. My son John is a missionary in Peru, and he was just telling me the other day, he says, you know, Dad, uh, we think crime is bad here. It's way worse in Peru where they live and and minister as missionaries in Cajamarca, Peru. And he says that uh, what people always do is they build their defenses, their wall around their house first, and then they build their house, or then they build their church, or then they build their school. So they build the defenses first, and then if you do it the opposite, and he talked about somebody who was building a Christian school, and they started with the school before they started with the wall around it, before they started with security, and everything got stolen from the work site as they were building it. And so he said, everybody knows you build that, that defenses around there, then business can prosper within the confines of that security. Then um, uh, education can take place. Then spiritual worship can take place. And so everybody's part is important. Because if there's one gap in a wall, a wall is only as good as its weakest link. And so everybody, as we fulfill our part in God's story, then the overall story of God that he wants to tell to humanity through the the centuries and through the millennia will get told. If any of us fail to do our part, it will not get done. And so today we're going to talk about the power of everybody and kind of a visual uh, to imagine what this is like is here's a picture of the Los Angeles Basin uh, socked in with smog in the early 90s. But here's the Los Angeles Basin uh, more recently, and you can see what an improvement it's had. It still has a long ways to go, but there has been a great improvement. For example, in 1990, there were 42 stage one air quality alerts, 42 of them in 1990. In 10 years' time, By the year 2000, there were none in the year 42 in 1990, none in the year 2000. And that is true spiritually as well. As we all do our part, the power of everybody, serving God and sharing Christ, we will begin to see that spiritual smog lift and instead we'll begin to see clarity about the things of God. Our valley uh, where we live and the cities where we live should look different because of churches like ours. Uh, We want to make a palpable difference. We want to make a difference that you can see spiritually in our community. Because we've been here for 148 years, we have been here. You can see that analogy with regard to smog. It comes down to smog shops all over the area. Everyone doing their part. And doing it day after day after day. And then one day you look up and it's different. It's changed. And that's what we want to see the churches of our community do and the Christ followers of our, the the power of everybody. You can literally see it. Now, one of our core values that undergirds the, the title of this message, The Power of Everybody, is we're better together. That's one of our five core values as Purpose Church. We're better together. Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 and 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, One can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls 
and has no one to help them up. I want to give you a visual of this. A few weeks ago, I was preaching at Mercy Road, our church plant in Indianapolis, which has just been exploding and thriving under the leadership of our former young adult pastor, uh, Josh Hoosman. And so I went out there to preach a few weeks ago. And uh, this is the fourth uh, sermon in a row that I had been uh, uh, preaching, fourth service in a row. And Josh is introducing me. And watch me carefully in, in this video clip right now. Pastor Glenn is the pastor of Purpose Church in Pomona, California. They have multiple campuses in Southern California, as well as a campus in Idaho and in Montana. He is here giving up preaching to thousands of people to be with us this weekend. Will you get up on your feet and give a warm Mercy Road welcome to Pastor Glenn Gunderson as he shares with us. I that thought was, we almost lost that Glenn. That was great right there. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, Josh, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I've never preached four times, I don't think, you know? I was like, how's that going to work? Well, there's a little indication right there, you know. Now, let's go back to that verse, okay? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. And we are better together, aren't we? We are better together. The power of, of everybody. And I'm going to be doing little examples through the message as to examples of how we are better together within groups, within life groups. Uh, when one falls down, the other can pick the other up. Now, Nehemiah, as we saw last Sunday, as we started this series, sees that the city of Jerusalem is in ruins. And God gives him this holy discontent. He's got to do something about this. And the king allows him to return. Here's what the walls of Jerusalem would look like uh, uh, back then. And so we pick it up with Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Then I, Nehemiah, said to them, this is the people of Jerusalem, the leaders of the people of Jerusalem, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. And so Nehemiah leads. There are 38 leaders that are mentioned in the book of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, God uses Nehemiah to cast the vision. He shares the vision with these 38 leaders who then proceed to lead 42 different groups. 42 different people groups are mentioned in the book of Nehemiah to restore the wall and thus to restore the city of Jerusalem. Now, here's how they did it. Number one, the leaders were willing to get their hands dirty. Uh, Nehemiah 3, verse 1. It says, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. And so uh, the high priest set the example. He set the example by getting his hands dirty and getting involved in the construction work. And he influenced the other priest uh, to do the same thing as well. He got the other priest to work with him as well. And sometimes, usually as we're going to see, God calls us to serve in an area that is our natural ability and that we have a natural interest in. But sometimes he calls on us simply to do something, even if we're not gifted in it, even if we're not good at it, even if we're not interested in it, he still calls us to do it because it's the thing that needs to be done. Chris Chacon, I always pick on him because he's our construction uh, head here and head of a construction company. You probably wouldn't want me anywhere near your construction site, would you? you know? But if I offered, you know, as a pastor to maybe haul bricks or something mindless, you might be able to use my services. Well, the Eliashib, the high priest. Now, here's what happens. And this is like 
this is like a danger of preaching, is whenever you're going to preach on something, you always try to tune up that area before you actually preach on it. Otherwise, Satan is screaming in your ears the whole time you're preaching, you're a fraud, you're such a hypocrite. How can you, like if I'm super nice to Kimberly a particular week, she'll say to me, you're preaching on marriage on Sunday, aren't you glad? You know, you just, just see, see it coming. Well, here's what happened to me. I, I'm sitting down and looking at this, and one of the big things we're pushing this whole month leading up to kids camp is we need hundreds of volunteers in order to reach hundreds of kids in our community, also kids that we're going to invite, our nieces, nephews, our own children, grandchildren, kids from our neighborhood, friends of our children. We're, 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 we're trying to reach you know, hundreds and hundreds of kids, and we need hundreds of volunteers in order to do that. And so I, I knew that I was going to be pushing on that particular thing. For every additional worker we get, for every additional crew leader, which doesn't take any preparation, it, it, it's just you just walk around with the kids, there's no preparation afterwards, you just show up uh, for those days. For every additional crew leader, we can accept five more children to be reached for Jesus. And what a tremendous thing. So as I'm writing this and knowing we're going to push this during the month of, of June, I'm like, oh my goodness, how can I preach this without being an example? So I immediately texted Lisa Patterson, our children's pastor, and said, I will be a crew leader during, during kids camp. And uh, she never got back to me. So I don't know what that means. No, I'm just kidding. No, she immediately got back and said, uh, that would be awesome. And so Eliashab, the high priest and his fellow priests, they went to work and, and rebuilt the sheep gate. Now, this is interesting. Why Nehemiah is such a great leader. You'll see this throughout the book of Nehemiah. He tries as much as possible. Sometimes it's not possible. But as much as possible, he tries to put people together by their natural groupings. That is, people that like each other. People that like each other get more done together. Now, that's not always possible. But as much as it is possible, he tried to put them by family groups to work on particular sections of the wall. And so he'd put them together by those natural affinity that they kind of click with each other. And then another thing he would do is put them in areas that they were naturally interested in. And he'd put them in that area if they had an interest in that. Now you can see that here. Because the sheep gate was the gate that the uh, sacrificial animals would come through to go to the temple to be sacrificed. So the priests would naturally be interested in the well-being of the sheep gate. So that's where he puts them with the fellow priests because they had learned to work together. They got along with each other. And he puts them in an area of interest, the sheep gate, because he believes that more gets done when we click with the people around us. We have a natural, a similar passion for something and a similar interest in something. So the leaders were willing to get their hands dirty. Number two, some people were unwilling to help because they were not in charge. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 5. Now, there's a good news and bad news in this verse. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Now, first of all, the good news. Tekoa was a city outside of Jerusalem, about 11 miles from Jerusalem. And how cool it was that even though they didn't live in Jerusalem, they still believed that God wanted to restore and to renovate Jerusalem. So they came from Tekoa 11 miles away in order to do that. And you know, I see that happening at our church. I, you know, many of us live in Pomona and serve and give and, and are part of a church in Pomona. But most of our church family is from outside of Pomona. And I believe that God has laid, that God did that. He laid that thing. We talked about the holy discontent last Sunday. He laid that on your heart. You drive by 
different churches as you come here that you could have gone to. But somehow God led you here. Why? Because we love to say here at Purpose Church, to see God do a miraculous thing in a challenging place is the most wonderful way to invest your life. And you said, you know what? We're going to see God do, we want to see God do a miracle in all cities, where you live, where you work, where you go to school. We want to see God do miracles in your valley, where you live. But I'm telling you, there are certain challenges here that if God does as he is doing, and we're going to talk about that more in the weeks ahead, and you're going to be blown away by some of the stuff God is up to, and our church is right in the thick of it. As we see God do these miraculous, people are going to look at that and say, look what God did. Look what God did. Despite those challenges, look what God did. And God led the people of Tekoa to come to see that thing happen. Now, what's about, now, people have had their feelings hurt this morning because I don't mention their city, okay? So I, I will mention some cities that are the mileage. So 11 miles from here, that's the Rancho Cucamonga people. That's the Covina people. That's the Glendora people. And somebody said to me, well, Glenn, you didn't mention Chino. And we had our healing. So, so, so Chino's more like four or five miles, I think, right? So just think of your city right now. Just put your own city in the mind. But those people that drive from Rancho and from Fontana and from Covina and from Glendora, that's about the same distance as Chicoa or whatever your city, if you live outside of Pomona, might be. God led them there. He led you here, and I praise God for you. Now, there's a downside to it, because not everybody at Tekoa was all that honorable, all right? Some of them were aristocrats. They were nobles, and they refused to put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. Uh, it had to be done their way, or they wouldn't do it. If they weren't in charge, if it wasn't done their way, then, then they wouldn't support it. Or they refused to work under authority. And then number three, all different types of people work. This is so fun to see. Nehemiah 3, verse 12. This isn't going to seem crazy to us, but I'm telling you, 2,500 years ago, this would have been remarkable. It says, Shalom, son of Halahesh, ruler of a half district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. So here's a dad with his girls working on that part of the wall. So women were involved, and, and the natural affinity, a father with his, with his daughters. If it were me, I would have put my daughters in charge and just done whatever they told me to. Uh, if you know my daughters, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Nehemiah 3, verses 8 and 32, we see there were goldsmiths. There were perfume makers. Skipping down to verse 32, there were merchants. Now, these were people that wouldn't naturally, uh, like the priests, they wouldn't naturally be construction workers, but th there was a need there. Usually God puts you in an area where you have a natural talent bent and a natural giftedness. But sometimes he says, you know what, that's just a job that needs to be done. And so he called on them uh, to do it, and uh, they did it. Number four, some people had to work in really ugly spots, all right? And you're going to see what I'm talking about right off the bat. The dung gate, that gives you a clue, doesn't it? You're sitting there in the meeting, and they're handing out assignments, all right? And, uh, okay, they do a list of people. Oh, cool, my name got listed on the list. You're assigned to the dung gate. The dung gate was repaired by Malchijah. Now, this is my new hero in the Bible, Malchijah. Any of you parents looking for children's names, Malchijah, awesome boy's name. Son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakaram. He rebuilt it and put its doors with their bolts and bars in place. Now, this Malchijah, 
Uh, he was a ruler in Beth Hekarem. Uh, this was a city two miles from Jerusalem. So this would be the equivalent to us, the people of Claremont, or uh, the people of Laverne, or Chino Hills, or, or Montclair, or Chino. Maybe Chino should fit in that one as well. And, and these are the people of Beth Hekarem. These are the people from a couple of miles away. This guy ruled that, di- that district. So he was, he was the, the mayor of Claremont. He was the ruler of that district that was two miles away. That, this guy ruled that district. And what job does he get? The dung gate. And yet he said, you know what? If that's what needs to be done, then that's what I'm going to do. I, I love uh, Ray Musser, one of our members. He's been, he was mayor of uh, Upland for many years. And I saw him doing a behind-the-scenes job here at our church, just kind of a dung gate kind of job. And I said, you know, I said, you know, you know, Ray, I said, you are my hero. Here you are, the mayor of Upland, yet you drive into Pomona and you do this and we give you a job uh, like this. And yet th- that's, that's Melchijah, that's him. I was just teasing those that were handing out uh, bulletins here, programs, uh, Tomiko, Pastor Tomiko, at this gate right here, and this gate, this door right here. And I said to him, you'll know what this means in the sermon, but they didn't get the fountain gate, they got the dung gate. And yet I said, you are my hero. Let's hear it for them, all right. All right, good deal. Now, the Dung Gate. Um, this is the gate where all the trash got hauled out. It was lo- located close to Gehenna, which was a dump that continually burned with trash. Um, human waste and trash were hauled out of this gate. So these guys get this smelly, ugly, awful, but necessary place to work. Uh, these, are, there are jobs that aren't, these are jobs that aren't beautiful. Uh, but they are necessary. You know, I love to tell the custodians at our church. They say there are three rooms that are the most important rooms for a church to grow. All the rooms are important, but there are three that are particularly important. One is the worship center. Praise God, we have a beautiful worship center. Number two is the nursery. Praise God, we got a beautiful nursery. And the third is the women's restrooms. <laughs> women's restrooms. And so I'll say to the custodians, I'll say, I'll say to them, you know what? It doesn't care how good the sermon is. It doesn't how, how, how good the worship is. If the women bathrooms ain't clean, ain't nobody coming back after one visit. And I tell them, you are, you are my heroes. You're, you're the reason they come back. Let me give you another illustration. In 1981, uh, President Reagan was shot. But even after he was in the hospital, the government just continued to function as if nothing had ever happened. Did, didn't miss a beat. But that same year that the president was shot, that same year the garbage workers of Philadelphia went on strike for three weeks and brought that city to its knees. Okay, President is shot. Don't miss a beat. Garbage workers go on strike, brought the city to its knees. Somebody has to work on the dung gate. Somebody has to work on the dung gate. Now let me just give you a word of encouragement. If you get that job at Purpose Church, you will get a better job in heaven, I guarantee you. I'd probably get the dung, dung gate assignment when we get to heaven because God sees that and he honors that and it, and it is an absolutely uh, wonderful thing. Then number five, some people got to work in really beautiful spots. Okay? Some got ugly spots like the dung gate. Some got beautiful spots. Verse 15, here's a good one. The fountain gate was repaired by Shalom, son of Kolhoza, ruler of the district of Mizpah. He rebuilt it, roofing it over. By the way, 
Thank you for those of you that gave to our roof fund. Do you know that we're going to be finished this week? There will be a brand new fixed up roof on this sanctuary, you know? And uh, like I said, when we started the project, I'm going to miss those little streaks so much. I think they give an ambiance to our sanctuary, but, but we're going to blast those off. And the good news is we're going to clean them up because they ain't coming back anymore. And so because of your faithfulness, it got roofed, it got roofed over and putting its doors and bolts and bars in place. He also repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam by the king's garden as far as, far as the steps going down from the city of David. So some people got beautiful assignments of fountains, gardens, butterflies flying around as you worked, unicorns prancing through your work sites, you know, uh, the sound of water trickling in the background. If it got too hot while you were working, you would simply go swimming for a while and then go back to work. And so, so sometimes we get good jobs from God and sometimes we get not so good jobs from God, but we do them because we serve like Jesus did. Okay, Jesus um, did a miracle at the wedding of Cana, but he also washed the disciples' feet. And so whatever Jesus was asked to do, he did, and we do, we do the same. Number six, because of this, the city was restored in 52 days because everyone did their, did their part. Absolutely amazing. Everybody did their part. Now, uh, would you look with me at the back of your program? Could everybody do that? Pull out the back of your program and look there. And you'll see that we need hundreds of volunteers for kids camp in order to reach hundreds of kids. We're hoping to reach 500 kids for Jesus. Kids from our neighborhood, kids from your neighborhood. We're trying to reach for Jesus. For every crew member, additional one, there's five more kids that can attend uh, our, our kids camp. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. Just take out your communication card that's in front of you in the book rack. Do three things. Put shipwrecked on it. Just write shipwrecked. Uh, number two, or just kids camp if you forget shipwrecked later on. Write shipwrecked on there. Write your name on there and just some way to contact you. Either a cell phone number or, or maybe um, you know, your email address or something like that. And stick it in the offering box as you leave 